Welcome to Ghoul's Questions podcast from Corvin Networks, created for global corporate venturing. For more information, please visit www.corvin.com. So, Andrew Gall of HR Network. I'm here today with uh, Jeff McGrath, who's Managing Director of McLaren Applied Technologies at their technology centre and that in Woking. Uh, hi, Jeff. Hi, Andrew. Um, Jeff, thanks for taking the time. I'd like to um, just sort of get, get you to describe a bit, please, about what is McLaren Applied Technologies doing in terms of venturing and building new, new business ideas? Yes, Andrew. Well, McLaren Applied Technologies is really here to set up new lines of business for McLaren Group. Um, and some of those business lines take us into markets which are adjacent to our core business. So it's natural for us to try and establish joint ventures with partners who bring both technology and domain expertise. So we're currently focused around areas of sports, i.e. beyond the motorsport, which is obviously our core business. So sports, health and logistics, trying to build businesses around our core strengths, uh, which we might describe as um, telemetry, data management, remote monitoring, uh, forecasting and simulation, for example, just to name a mm -hmm. few. Yep. But we team up with other companies who have complementary technology who can exploit similar expertise but in their markets, say for remote monitoring of patients. So we, we seek to, first off, combine our expertise to create a solution or a service that we can take to market and then we jointly raise funds from independent investors and venture capitalists. Okay, and have you got a, more, uh, a specific example of a recent sort of partnership or product that's sort of coming to, coming to market? Sort yes, of? well most recently we've been particularly active in the uh, telehealth market where we are looking to establish a service solution with a service partner actually, uh -huh. combining our technology and their service expertise and we've been raising funds from both equipment manufacturers and VCs in the city, um, looking to establish mm -hmm. a joint venture once the funds are available. So it's, a, it's been an interesting chicken and egg situation where we've not wanted to go through the effort and upheaval of forming a separate legal entity before we had commitment of the financing. Right. The same token, part of the due diligence process means that we do have to show commitment to complete the formation of a joint venture. Mm -hmm. um, the goal there, of course, is to accelerate our route to market, grow the business, and then ultimately um, our exit strategy is to spin off that business. Okay. Uh, and that's consistent because McLaren Applied Technologies will want to grow businesses and keep it in the group if it's got a strong affinity with our brand, yeah. which is possibly true of many professional sports businesses, less so when we talk about health industry. Uh -huh. And how have you found the, the market for, for raising finance on that at the moment? Really quite challenging. Um, I'd say this year in particular we found that raising funds for a venture even with an extremely good idea and with some novel patented technology mm -hmm. that wasn't enough for most of the investors that we actually approached uh, they used the term unless if we were a pre-revenue company we were very unlikely to raise funds right 
and yet what we did notice there was a world of difference to um, the receptivity of some of the investors if we went along with actually quite a modest turnover from our joint venture but we were at least able to establish we'd, we'd sold Beachhead customers on yeah. our solution we'd proven that it worked and then we are far more likely to attract funds for what was perceived as a investment for growth opportunity that's perceived as far less risky so difficult yes but the funds are there it's just that the appetite for risk doesn't mm -hmm. seem to be there and as you're saying it's the business model and the sales is the important bit not the technology I would say so and as a technology company and someone hurts me to admit that but it's just the reality we as a company we create technology but what we sell is a service and the reason for that is what people buy in the market is uh -huh. ultimately a service or an experience. Yeah. They're not. They're rarely buying pure technology. And how that brings us on to the relationships that are with the core business. The core business being Formula One, which we know, and also the, um, the sort of supercars and the, the, the manufacturing of the cars and that, that. How do you fit within that and this change of mentality and the change of approach in that? How are you finding that? Yes, well, to some extent, it's, you could imagine it's a difficult dance because Formula One is all about winning and we exist to win as a corporation. So you might consider it's anathema to have an organization that is there to um, consider spinning off intellectual property via another business that mm -hmm. perhaps would form or fall into the hands of the competition. So the challenge is actually to establish trust across the organization and for that we really do need to confront the fear, confront the risk. So in terms of working with other parts of the business, how are you building trust around the intellectual property which could be going to competitors, could be going outside the organization, the crown jewels and that within, within McLaren, how are you managing that relationship? Yeah, twofold. I think it's crucial to be very open, um, actually to both sides of the fence, so to speak, to communicate uh, what are the limits of the IP that will uh, ret be retained by the organization's core to mm -hmm. its competitive advantage and to show a clear demarcation of how uh, a partner or a third party's intellectual property and our own um, come together. So we make it very clear how we retain some competitive advantage even when some of our intellectual property could potentially be spun out into the market. Um, and if you have that trust and you, you, you respect that trust and actually do deliver what you promised, um, there really should be no challenge within an organization that never stops innovating. Mm -hmm. So actually, in a way, we're, we're able to sell off technology that has an advantage to our customers today it gives them the advantage of the history of the organization, but in the background, their organization is already developing next year's solution. Yeah. So it, it does stay ahead yeah. by never stopping to innovate. Okay, so, so you know, a number of the, the HI network members you know, are considering sort of technology spin-outs and collaborations. What would you say would be the other, the other key challenges that they're going to face in, in, in addressing that? Yeah, I, I think, for me, joint venture people often move too quickly to thinking that yeah, the, the marriage makes sense, so to speak, between two organizations. And, and I think as well as being really sure that the, the fit of the technology is good, in a sense that's the easy part, but the part that's harder to assess from the beginning is how well culturally um, the two teams will work together. Mm -hmm.
Um, and actually, the real challenge is often getting the two teams to work together as one and not yep. just carry on as two disparate teams that somehow work in parallel. Because if that's all you have, there's no point forming a joint venture. You might as well work on a supplier-partner relationship yes. and get started. Uh, in fact, I have a preference for starting that way. If you can't make it work as a partner relationship, well, it's, it's never going to work as a true joint venture. And so, so it takes smaller steps in the, in the meantime in those types of relationships. I would, yeah, because yeah. you can start really quickly with the partner relationship and you don't have anything like the legal burden that you have of forming a separate entity, which is my understanding of a true joint venture. Yes. And I would only do that if the funding were available and if the funding justified the effort and the business case downstream. Yeah. But very much the relationship is what we see in organisations sure. and in the work we've done with McLaren in the, in the past, it's about building those sort of trusted relationships so you can start going on a journey and that together. Uh, absolutely right. It's probably the same is true of acquisitions and so many yeah. acquisitions fail because of relationships and culture. Yeah. It's not about the technology at all. Yeah. So. yeah. Good. Thanks very much for that. And wh when you're... When you're not building these new businesses from from the McLaren perspective, what are you doing as a what are you doing for hobbies and and, and relaxing? Well, you'd imagine somebody coming from a company that's driven by sport. I, I it's natural that I'm keen on sports. Um, probably I prefer to watch others exercising and doing the sport <laughs> in the comfort of my own home. So yes, I watch Formula One, but that's my job to do so. I like football and rugby, of course. And uh, flamenco, yeah, I'm passionate about flamenco music, flamenco guitar, but I wouldn't inflict my music on anyone else. So. But not dancing, is it? Not dancing, not at all, Just no. I'll play the guitar because it's, it's one of the hardest forms of guitar playing. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, I love it. I'm passionate about it and off to see Pacapena in July. Excellent. So. Excellent. Jeff, thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate the insights into uh, McLaren Applied Technologies. Thank you. Great. Thank you.